0: This podcast was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire. For more information on who we are and what we do, visit lifelanks.org. And I'm wondering this morning if you've ever had one of those moments in life where you leave one thing behind and step into something new where you kind of cross over from one kind of life to another kind of life. You cross over from one situation or season or circumstance into a new situation, a new season, a new circumstance. Can you relate to that at all? Maybe it was when you got married, Or when you first became a parent, you stepped over into the new. Maybe it was when you became a Christian or got baptized. You left one life behind and crossed over into something new. Maybe it was a career change or moving to a new home in a new area. But can you you associate with a time in your life that you looked forward to and then you crossed over into something new? And I wonder, when you think about that, before it happened, before you crossed over, did you imagine that when you crossed over, all your troubles would be gone? Did you imagine that when, when I step into that new thing, that the world will smell like roses? That I won't kind of walk around anymore, I'll just kind of glide? Have you ever found yourself looking forward to a new season and thinking, when that happens, then all my troubles will be gone? then everything will be okay. And that in fact, life might be a little bit like this. Let's watch the screen. Have you ever looked forward to a new season and thought when that happens, then life will be rosy? I know I found myself thinking that when I can just step into that new thing, then everything will be different. You see, I wonder if that was how the people of Israel might have felt when they crossed over the Jordan River And they finally, 40 years later, moved into the promised land. They finally, 40 years later, moved beyond the desert. I wondered if they imagined that then all our troubles will be over. What we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at the people of Israel and their beyond the desert story and seek to discover what can we learn from their story As we seek to advance this year, because that's our theme throughout this year, that even in the midst of our troubles, we are going to advance in God and for God and see his kingdom advance through us. And so we're going to last week, we were in Joshua chapter three, a brilliant message from Dan. If you didn't catch it, I'd encourage you to uh, listen to the podcast, watch the live stream. And this week, we're going to kind of look at the book of Joshua, the rest of the book, as an overview. We're going to look at the rest of the book as an overview. We're going to zoom in to a few verses, but I would encourage you to read it for yourself. As we seek to learn from there beyond-the-desert story, what can we learn as we seek to advance? Is that okay this morning? Yes, right. So the first thing I think we can understand from their story is that beyond the desert is not all pools and palm trees. But beyond the desert isn't all pools and palm trees. You know The people of Israel, had, 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 they had had challenges in the desert. And then they cross over, and it doesn't smell like roses. There are challenges. There are struggles. They, they have, uh, there's conflict between themselves and with others. There is a struggle for them. They finally stepped over into their future. They finally stepped into the promised land but they discover it's not all pools and palm trees. It's not all plain sailing, just to mix some metaphors. You know, they have have moments where they turn away from God. The God who has revealed himself as he's liberated them from slavery and revealed himself as he's provided for them in the desert. And yet they turn, they have moments where they turn away from God, where they disobey him, where they go their own way. And then they realize they need to come back. They come back to a place of repentance. They come back to a place of committing themselves again to God. And then a short time later, they do the same thing again. You know, it isn't all pools and palm trees. They have questions. They have questions for God. In fact, they find themselves asking God the same question that they asked in the desert. You know, beyond the desert, as they are moving into the promised land, they say, why didn't you leave us back there? And if you remember anything from the story, and we looked at this a few weeks ago, when they were in the desert, they said, why didn't you leave us back there? Why didn't you leave us back in Egypt? Why did you bring us out here to die? And then as they moved beyond the desert into the promised land, they're questioning God. They're questioning the same questions. Why didn't you leave us back there in the desert? The same place where they asked that very same question. It isn't all plain sailings. They're asking the questions of God that he's already revealed to them that he's already answered for them. The first thing we can learn from this story, from the the people of Israel and their beyond the desert story is that beyond the desert isn't all pools and palm trees. So as we seek to advance, as we seek to move beyond the desert, we can expect things to be difficult at times. We shouldn't put our hope in a trouble-free future because it's not there. We shouldn't put our hope in a trouble free future, but we should put our hope in the one who leads us into the future. You know, as we seek to move beyond the desert, we will probably have moments where we get it wrong. We'll probably have moments where we turn away, where we disobey, where we go our own way. Well, when we find ourselves there, let's be quick to come back. Let's be quick to turn back to God. To a place of repentance, of committing ourselves again to Him, because the wonderful is that when we, the wonderful thing is that when we turn back, when we come to that place of repentance, God forgives us. That His forgiveness is so immeasurable that it overflows. And when we come back to that place, He forgives us. The challenge for some of us is then forgiving ourselves. Have you ever found yourself or maybe seen someone else in a situation where they're carrying something that God has already forgiven them of, but they haven't yet forgiven themselves? And maybe there's some of us here this morning that think, well, actually, that, that kind of hits here because that's me. And we're going to have an opportunity this morning to let that go. We're going to have an opportunity this morning to forgive ourselves so we can move beyond the desert. Because when we come back to that place of repentance, God forgives us in a moment, because he's so generous, and he's so kind, and he pours out his grace and his mercy in abundance. You know, when we find ourselves asking questions, let's learn from our questions and lean into our questions. You know, I think God... I think God delights in our questions if they're the kind of questions that draw us in to our relationship with him. You know, God, there is, God's, God's big enough to cope with your questions, and, and, but sometimes we can find ourselves asking the same questions again. You know, like the people of Israel, why did you bring us out here? Or why, why did you bring us out here? You should have left us back there. But people who have not yet matured ask the same questions. If you've ever spent time with small children... I remember when our children were in the toddler phase or just spending time with other toddlers, the favorite question seemed to be, why? You'd explain something, yeah, but why? And then you do your best to explain it again, yeah, but why? But why, but why, but why? When we haven't yet matured, we ask the same questions. What's for tea? How long till we get there? Can I have a mobile phone? We ask the same questions, don't we, when we haven't yet matured. But let's learn from their story. Let's not ask the same questions when God has already revealed himself and answered those questions. But let's lean into the new questions as we move beyond the desert. Because if we're following Jesus with full devotion, we will have questions. So let's lean into those questions and allow them to bring us forward rather than being the people that are saying, you should have left us back there. Asking the same question again. See, beyond the desert isn't all pools and palm trees. Jesus himself said, in this world, you will have trouble. Does that warm your heart this morning? Hmm. I'm going to put it on your wall or your screensaver. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, Jesus says. I have already overcome the world. That trouble that you're going to walk through, I have already overcome. So I don't know if this is the most uplifting thought as we begin this morning. I don't know. I don't know if this is what you thought you needed to hear this morning. I don't know if this is what you came to hear, that life is going to be tough, that beyond the desert is going to be difficult. But as we seek to advance this year, we need to have a realistic view of the future. Because it will come with its troubles. But we also need to have an unwavering trust in the God who knows the future, sees the future, has already overcome the troubles in the future, and wants to lead us forward beyond the desert. Who's up for that? As we move forward, there will be troubles, but we do not go alone. We are led and guided by the one who has already overcome. Second thing I think we can learn from from the people of Israel and their beyond the desert story is that beyond the desert is an opportunity to build again. Beyond the desert is an opportunity to build again. In Joshua 19, as they've, they've entered the promised land and then they spend quite a lot of chapters dividing up the promised land, between the different tribes and the different families, and working out who's going to settle where. And kind of towards the end of that, Joshua gets his piece. Um, Joshua 19, verse 49 and 50. It says, When they had finished dividing the land into its allotted portions, the Israelites gave Joshua, son of Nun, an inheritance among them, as the Lord had commanded. They gave him the town he asked for, Timnath-Serah, in the hill country of Ephraim and he built up the town and settled there. Now Joshua is not a spring chicken at this point. Joshua is getting on a little bit and he's led a challenging people for a number of years and he's finally finished. How would you feel if that was you. I don't know if you've ever ever kind of carried the weight of leadership, perhaps within church or, or in your home or in your workplace, but it is a heavy responsibility to carry. And it can be tiring at times. Imagine you've carried that through this monumentous moment and season of the, the people of God. It's going to be recorded for thousands of years, told for thousands of years. We'll talk about it here today. You've done it. You've got your place. What do you do? <sighs> Collapse into a dark room and put Netflix on. Just that, just me. But what he does is he builds again. He builds again. Somehow he finds strength to build again beyond the desert, and he builds up his town. And I just love this because it challenges me and it inspires me. And I really believe that this season that we're moving in, into as a church and as individuals and families in our friendships is time to build again. It's an opportunity to build again as we move beyond the desert. You know, it may be to build your business again. Maybe it took a beating in the last 18 months. It might be to build your confidence again. Maybe that's been knocked with all this social isolating. It might be to build your relationships again, or your faith again. But I really believe that in this season, we've got an opportunity to lean into that and to build again. And if you find yourself thinking, I don't think I've got it in me, then let's learn from the example of Joshua. And we'll have an opportunity this morning to look to God to strengthen us for the strength to rebuild. When we think about a life as a church community, our, our togetherness, we're rebuilding our gatherings. You know, we're, we're working on more provision for children and young people so they can be discipled here on a Sunday morning. We've increased our capacity with our primary school-age children. We've opened up a new room for the early teens. We're working hard on getting enough people to serve in our preschool so that we can really disciple and nurture young people in their faith because it's time to build again. You know, we're working to to open up the cafe, and I know lots of people have been enjoying a good coffee the last few weeks. Because that creates a space where we can engage. That creates a space where we can chat, where we can pray for each other, where we can share life. Because it's not just about what happens in this room, is it? It's our togetherness. And so we're working hard on that because it's time to rebuild. You know, we're working hard on rebuilding with our local, national, international impact just heard about the Pays Team, 1,400 students in one week. That is incredible, isn't it? It's time to build again in the way that we reach out locally, nationally, internationally. In just in next month, we're going to hear a little bit more about Brighter Future School, like the latest from Brighter Future School, which is the school in Pakistan that we sponsor and we fund and we support as a church. And we continued that even through the challenge of the pandemic, in fact, even more so. And as we move into this season, it's time to build again. You know, we've been talking this year about a new project in China where we've sponsored a a summer camp for orphaned teenagers. And um, there've been some frustrating and unexpected delays with that, but we hope to give you an update soon. We've given all the money. It just hasn't happened just yet because of some COVID complications, but that's to be expected, right? Because beyond the desert isn't all pools and palm trees. but We hope to have some good news to tell you soon. We've also been continuing to work on community grocery. Again, something we talked about this year, community grocery here in Burnley, a sustainable and long-term solution to food poverty. Because it's time to build again with our local impact, with reaching our community. Again, that's had some frustrating delays but that's to be expected, right? It's not all pools and palm trees. And we hope to give some good news on that soon. But it's time to rebuild, to reach out, to rebuild in the way that we disciple people. And that's why we gather all of our life group leaders together every month to work out how do we do this even better? How do we do this even more effectively? We've got a great bunch of life group leaders that do that. And if you're not already part of a life group, then what are you waiting for? Come and talk to us because we'd love to get you connected. Because beyond the desert is an opportunity to build again in all of those areas in our lives in the lives of what we do as a church, our expression of our devotion to God. More specifically, beyond the desert is an opportunity to build again on a life of service. To build again on a life of service. You see, I learned at the beginning of this year when we did our Cornerstone series, because we have a builder in our life group, so we had like the best analogies ever in our life group discussions. Who remembers Cornerstone? Some of us, you can catch it on the podcast if you need to catch up. But it matters how you do the foundation. The foundation really matters. So if we're gonna rebuild, what's our foundation? If we're gonna rebuild, what are we building upon? The foundation is essential. And I love it, just towards the end of the book of Joshua, Joshua just makes this decision and he makes this declaration. He nails his colors to the mast on what he is gonna build upon the foundation he's going to build upon. It's in Joshua 24:14 and 15. It says, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Just pause there. When we read the word fear... Um, in our English language. I don't know what it means to you, but it's, it's not a very positive word for me. It makes me think of being scared or afraid. I think we need to understand that when we see this in the Bible when it's talking about God, it's not that God wants us to be scared or afraid of him, but there is a, a healthy sense of awe and reverence, that God is friend and he's so close, and yet he is the God who created the universe. He's the God who holds all power. And there's, so there's a nice healthy kind of awe and reverence when we engage with God. Now, fear Fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. He says, throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the river Euphrates and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors worshipped and served beyond the Euphrates, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. That is the foundation and the declaration that Joshua makes that my life will be built on a life of service. And so, as we seek to rebuild in our own lives and in our lives, in our collective lives, our lives as a community, let us rebuild on lives of service. May service be our foundation. I think it's really fascinating when we, when we look at the, the words used in this, these verses that we see the link and the connection between worship and service. We see that in some ways they're kind of used interchangeably. You know, when, when it begins, it says, um, Now fear the Lord and serve him. Throw away the, throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped. And serve the Lord. I like don't worship them, but serve the Lord. Do you see these two words are like interchangeable. So it's worship and service. And I think this really helps us understand something, that our worship and our service are interconnected, that these are the foundations, this is the foundation that we build upon that our worship is expressed through our service, that our service is an expression of our worship. We can't connect these things. It is all a declaration that Jesus is king in our lives, that we've submitted ourselves to him, a life of service, a life of worship. See, we were passionate about worship in this place. and I think you might have guessed that earlier. When you heard like the singing around you and you heard the enthusiasm and you heard the clapping and you saw people getting excited because we're passionate about worshiping God in this place. And we're passionate about service because we realize that these two things link together. You know, if we say we're passionate about worship, but we're not expressing that through service to others, then I think we've missed something. And if we, when we come to serve others, if we just turn up as if it's just another thing, it's just a mundane task, then we've missed something. We've missed the realization that this service to others is worship of the Most High God. Because our service and our worship are interconnected. We express our worship to God through our service of others. That is why here at Life Church, people are our priority. And I don't know if you've heard that, we, we talk about that often here, that people are our priority because when we care for people, when we include people, when we serve people, we, when we're doing a good deed for them, we're also worshipping and honouring and lifting up God himself. And I love that when we read, the, did you notice when we read about Joshua when he settled and somehow he found the strength to build again, it didn't say he built up his home It didn't say he built up his land and his outbuildings. It said he built up the town because after years of leading, it was still about others. It was still about people. He didn't need a whole town, but he built up the town when it was time to rebuild because it was always about others. People are our priority. Recently, I've developed a new hobby. I'm kind of putting it out there to see if if anyone else does this so we can start a little club So it's a very vulnerable moment right now. So I've started watching documentaries about NBA basketball. Anyone? Oh, I see a few hands. I'll come and find you afterwards. Let's like swap notes. Amazing. Yeah, we will. We will. But what what is interesting, there's loads of things that are interesting to me because I I love basketball. Um, And stories and people. What's really interesting to me is the way that the players talk about winning. So there are some players, when they're kind of looking back at these like, big moments and defining moments in the season, there are some players that say, I really wanted to win the championship. And either they did or they didn't, so it's like said with sadness or said with joy, I really wanted to win the championship. And then there are some players who say, I really wanted to win the championship for the city. I really wanted to win the championship for the fans. I really wanted to win the championship for the coach. There are some who realize that winning, it wasn't about them, but it was about others. That people are our priority. That what we do, our service isn't about us, but it's always about others. That people are our priority. And often it was the the more mature players that you could see that in them. I really wanted to win for the city. I really wanted to win for the fans. I really wanted to win for the people. People are what the winning was all about. So as we seek to rebuild in this season, in our lives and in the life of our church community, let's rebuild on a life of service and worship. Worship and service. You can interchange those two words. How about if we were like Joshua, who recognizes we can't make other people's choices, but my choice is to serve the Lord. My decision, my declaration is that it's not going to be about what I wanted to do, but what I wanted to do for others. A life of service, a life of worship to the Most High God. If you found this podcast inspiring and helpful, then we'd love for you to get in touch via at Lifelinks on social media or our website lifelinks.org. Life Church, impacting our neighbours, our nation, and the nations with the good news about Jesus.